Publishing for Profit podcast is brought to you by Ghostwriters and Co. Earn more money by publishing better content and learn how to increase your thought leadership so you can build your brand. Head over to ghostwritersandco.com for more information. That's ghostwritersandco.com. And now, your host, Joel Mark Harris. Hello, and welcome to the Publishing for Profit podcast. This is your host, Joel Mark Harris. Today, we interview Aman Agi, who is the founder of Success Road Academy, a company that helps you build your online course. So, of course, we talk about how to take those first steps to building that online course, how to market it, and um, but we also talk about deeper issues about his near-death experience and how that changed his life and how it served a higher purpose and how he wants to reach 100 million entrepreneurs and impact their lives. So it was a great conversation. Uh, Aman is a really easy person to interview. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Amen. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you very much, Joel, for having me. I'm super excited to be with you. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, obviously we've been uh, catching up before the show and it's been a while, so it's, it's great talking to you. Um, I want to start with your Success Road Academy. Um, so what can you explain to my listeners a little bit about what that is and who do you guys serve? Um, yeah, so Success Road Academy is an uh, education center for uh, coaches, consultants, authors, speakers, people who have a knowledge and message um, that want to put that in a package, turn it into an online course, and then offer it um, to their potential clients. Uh, we help people to um, build their structure of their business, uh, technically online. Our main course is an online course creation course, um, but then we have several other courses. Actually, um, just the other day, I looked at our system, and we have over 100 courses uh, for uh, entrepreneurs. We don't offer them all publicly. Uh, we only publicly offer three or four of them. Uh, and then everything else is in the back end, uh, either as bonuses or as um, uh, mastermind programs and the higher end programs um, that we have. Awesome. Can you tell me about how and why you decided to start it? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, there were a combination of reasons of starting Success Road Academy, but you know, um, it happened in several stages. Um, uh, back in 2007, 2008, I was looking at people like Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins, Oprah, and I was thinking about how they are helping people to change their lives, to um, make a difference, uh, make a big difference in people's lives, and at the same time having a successful business for themselves. And I had this dream and vision of uh, becoming an international professional public speaker who can help people to change their lives. And I know many of people who are listening to this have the same uh, feelings, right? They have that like burning desire in their heart. They want to make an impact in the world and, uh, and at the same time have a successful business for themselves. And back then I was in Iran. I couldn't speak English. And um, technically, if you want to become an international speaker, you want to... Uh, 
be in a place that you can um, kind of easily travel to anywhere you want and you want to definitely speak English or another language that lots of people understand. So anyways, um, my wife and I moved to uh, North, uh, North America in 2009 uh, following that uh, dream and then um, when we landed here, we realized that our money is not going to follow us. And um, I started looking for jobs and trying to get survival jobs. But 2009 was right after 2008 recession. There were thousands of people out of work and no company was hiring. And that took us to a place that we were 17 days away from becoming homeless. And that day, I decided to start my own business. And um, because I had entrepreneurial skills, I, um, I, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to build my own business. And uh, funny enough, to that point, I didn't say I want to build my business because I always felt like I don't know uh, the language, I don't know, I don't have a network, all of those things, right? That's always. But you know, uh, there's always a bottom, a rock bottom to your rock bottom. You know, and the rock bottom to my rock bottom was like, I'm not going to become homeless. Like, and that's the time that like having the fear of not knowing what to do was smaller than having the fear of becoming homeless, you know? <laughs> and that was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to take the other chance. I'm going to take the chance of not knowing what I do. I'm going to do this one <laughs> and see what I figured it out. Interesting enough, three days later, I found my first customer uh, for a web design business, but I didn't know how to design a website. Um, so I, I knew online marketing, but I didn't know how to design a website. So for the next uh, a few months, every day I was working 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, trying to find customers and then working from 10 p.m. I would go back home at 10 p.m. and eat dinner. And then uh, from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m., 4 a.m., I was just sitting there with YouTube and other things, just learning about uh, like how to design websites, right? And then on that, I built my business to six-figure company, and uh, then people started asking, like, on what happened and how did you do that? And I started talking to people and started getting invited to stages and stuff like that. Talk about all of the things, like my journey as an entrepreneur. And uh, one morning, I woke up and I was bleeding internally, and I was rushed to the hospital where doctors realized I lost 60% of my blood, and literally in a matter of hours I ended up on my deathbed and um, and as I was lying there and not knowing if I ever gonna get out of that bed or not um, I realized my biggest fear was that I never lived through to my heart I was uh, like really at that point I was thinking tomorrow like if I die today tomorrow people will come to my funeral and they're gonna say Imam was a nice guy he was a web designer and that was the biggest fear. I mean, like nothing wrong with being a web designer, but like I didn't come to this world to die a nice guy. I came to this world to make a massive big impact in people's lives. And at that time, I'd made no impact in anybody's lives. And that fear, like I just realized that night, I realized to that point I was alive, but I never lived. And I said, if I ever survive my deathbed, um, I'm never going to settle down and, until I make it as an international public speaker and going to make a difference in people's lives. And that night, I said, I'm going to make a difference in the lives of 100 million people. And uh, I survived my deathbed. And um, 
uh, when I came out, I was like, how can you make a difference in the lives of 100 million people before you die? And I said, the way I can do this, I know marketing, I, right? So the way I can do this is I can help 10,000 entrepreneurs to make a massive positive impact in the lives of 10,000 clients each. And if I can do that, then I've made a difference in the lives of 100 million people. And that's what began Success for the Academy, that is like, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to help 10,000 entrepreneurs to make a big, massive impact in the lives of 10,000 clients each. And um, that was a journey. That was like, that was where in 2011, 2012, I started Success for the Academy. And uh, it just, first it was small. And then by 2014, I was doing about 200 talks a year. And then I got tired of traveling because I was constantly on the airplanes and hotel rooms and everything else. And I, I got tired and I'm like, I, there should be a better way, right? And that's when I went online. And um, then uh, kind of like the message expanded exponentially because I mean, we didn't have any limitations of people accessing us. So um, right now at some of our events, we have people from 42 countries. Um, um, last event I did actually, we had people from 16 different time zones um, on the same class. And I was like, wow, like this has grown. I mean, we had the students like actually a few months ago in one of my companies. So Successful Academy is one of my companies, probably, uh, Joe, you, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, uh, that kind of led me to uh, investing in other companies and like buying other things and or starting new things. So uh, in one of my companies um, called JV Insider Circle, we um, had an event, a three-day event, and we had people who were attending from Australia and from Philippines, and these events are like nine hours. They start at 8 a.m. Pacific time, go to 5 p.m. Pacific time which starts kind of midnight in Australia and goes to like 9 a.m., right? And uh, like we had people from Australia going from midnight to their 9 a.m. sitting in the class and like networking people and connecting with people. I'm like, holy crap, man. Like, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. like, I know I've done that for my own business, but it was just such an amazing thing to see how much people care and how much energy and effort they put into growing their business and making a massive difference in people's lives. Wow, that's quite the story, and there's so much to unpack there, but I think I'd like to start with fear, because I mean, that is something I think that holds a lot of people back, a lot of entrepreneurs, me, you know, I, I constantly feel this fear about, yeah, you know, not getting enough clients, or, you know, not having enough money, or, you know, whatever it is. So can you explain how you kind of got over that fear and maybe some tactics people can use to get over their own fear? Um, yeah, so here's the thing. Um, this is actually very interesting you brought that up because um, I want to actually put a different spin to that. Um, so many things that happen in our life is just feedback, fear, anxiety, frustration, uh, pain, all of these things are just technically feedback, okay? And I have a class called the Confidence Mastery Bootcamp. And in Confidence Mastery, here is what we talk about. We say, what do you do with feedback? What do you do with feedback? The first thing you do with feedback, 
Okay, and, and by the way, here is an interesting thing, Joel. We also give ourselves feedback, you know, like sometimes something happens and we tell ourselves, you suck, you're not good. Like, you, I wish you could do this better. Like, maybe they were right. Like, who, who do you think you are that you're doing this? Like, I actually, we are our biggest critics, like ourselves. Like, we give ourselves, we give, we, give, we give shit to ourselves. Like, we're like, hey, you know, you like, but here's the thing. All of these are feedback, okay? And I have a system that, like, it's, it's easy to explain, it's hard to implement. It takes a few, it, it takes a few months or years to master this, okay? Here's that system. So the first step of reviewing every feedback is to take the emotions out of it. Yes, you need to feel your emotions, but emotions in the feedback makes no impact in your life. Okay. So the first thing I say, just remove the emotion out of it. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm afraid. Okay, sure, that's an emotion. But you're afraid of what? I'm afraid of not having enough money. Okay, perfect. So let's take emotion out. What do what? So what's the challenge? Not having enough money. Okay. Now, so when you remove the emotion, remove the emotion out of it. Suddenly, you can see the problem clearly. Okay. So first, the step: take the emotion out of it. Now, the second thing is turning the feedback into constructive criticism. How do you turn feedback into constructive criticism? With asking yourself, what are my action steps to fix this? Okay, so I'm afraid. I don't have enough money at the end of the month. I don't know, I'm gonna become homeless. Okay, take the emotions out of it. I'm afraid, okay, so that doesn't matter. Why are you afraid? You don't have enough money. Okay, so that's the problem. That's the root of the problem. You don't have the money, okay? but. That's not really the route that you can solve, but what are your action steps of not having enough money to solve it? Well, I need to get in front of prospects. Okay, how can you get in front of prospects? I need to go to this networking event. Perfect, that's what you need to do. I'm afraid it doesn't help you with anything. But then when you put that into action steps, so I gotta get in front of prospects, get on a one-on-one -on -one call with them and offer them my services. So now you have your action steps. Now, how do you fix big problems? I don't have money. I'm going to be homeless by the end of the month. How do you fix big problems? You fix big problems with massive radical action. Okay. So you need to get in front of prospects. How can you get in front of a hundred prospects in the next seven days? Iman, that's what? hundred prospects in the next seven days? Yeah. How can you? I can't. No. The question wasn't you can or you can't. The question is how can you? Because the moment that you say you can't, it doesn't happen. But if you ask yourself how can I, and you have an answer, this is how I can get in front of 60 prospects in the next seven days, that's still a massive radical action. Even if it's not 100, if it's 60, that's still a massive radical action. Perfect. So let's get on it. Let's start getting in front of those prospects. Let's get them, right? So that's the way that you, that you deal with the fear and not just fear, any type of feedback, any type of feedback, right? So you're like, 
hey, you know, I suck. Sure. But let's get the emotion out of it. Why do you feel you suck? Well, because I wasn't able to do this. Okay, well, remove the emotion out of it because you suck doesn't help. Okay, so you weren't able to do this. How can you fix that? What are your action steps? Okay, well, I got to learn this, this, this. I got to practice this. Okay, how do you solve it? With massive radical action. How can I do this so many times back to back? This is a way. Perfect. Then you move on, right? So, and here's the thing, Joe. Entrepreneurship is hard. Okay, entrepreneurship is hard. One thing that as an entrepreneur you learn over the years is how to become a Teflon. What does that mean? That means that how life throws stuff at you and how you can become non-stick. So things hit you, they fall. They don't stick to you, right? So you, got, you, you, you become a Teflon after some time, you know. Some stuff getting to you still, like some stuff getting to you. You have them for like four days, five days, three days, right? But then you have to have a model. You have to have a system to get out of it. I'm like, okay, I wallowed enough. This actually hit me hard, but let's take the emotion out of it. What are my action steps? And what's my radical massive action against it? And that's it. That's just you do. You go after it. That's some really great advice. And I can really see myself in that because I'm constantly like, oh, Joel, you suck at this or you're not doing good enough at this. So I'm going to definitely practice that for sure. So for entrepreneurs who have been hit really hard with COVID and, and they feel like the, the, the massive impact of COVID, what can they do to either market themselves or to pivot to help them get through these tough times? Yeah, absolutely. I understand. And, and you know, COVID was both good and bad. Not in terms of the disease. The disease is awful. Okay, no shape or form. Um, like, just the impact it made in so many people's lives and health and, you know, the number of people that it killed and contributed to their death, whether they died directly from COVID or from complications of COVID or number of people who ended up committing suicide as a result of COVID or, you know, people who overdosed as a result of the social distancing and all the things that was happening. I mean, like COVID in terms of our health and in terms of our society, was was an awful thing that could happen. But at the same time, it created something for people that they didn't have before. You know, 80% of people hated their job. And still, I don't know what percentage of people hate their job today, but before COVID, 80% of people hated their job. And yet they never pulled the trigger to get out of that job. Why? Because they were financially dependent on the money. We call this the golden handcuffs. Okay. COVID hit. A lot of people got laid off. Lots of people lost their income, lost their money. Right. Now, many people at this point found themselves in a place that, well, Going to back, going back to the work that they hated wasn't an option. And making that money 
wasn't an option. In a way, the golden handcuffs were taken off. They were golden handcuffs, so like everybody loved them because they were golden, right? But it was taken away from people. It was ripped apart, right? And here's the thing. Although as painful as it is, as hard as it is, but that also gives people an opportunity there. Like any, any negative thing has a positive side. You know, they always say, even a broken watch is run twice a day. You know, in, I mean, any bad thing has still some positive sides. And one of those things with COVID was that it gave people an opportunity to step back and say, what is it that I want to do with my life? What is it that I want to do with my life? And here's the thing. If you are watching this and you didn't do that, you were hit hard by COVID, but you didn't step back and say, okay, now you're being given a clean slate. A painful, awful thing that is happening. But still, you've been given this clean slate and you can do two things. You can wallow, you can sit there, you're like, I didn't want this to be taken away. I had my job, I was happy, blah, 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 blah. And you were like, let me really be honest with yourself. Did you really love that job when you were waking at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., like going to the work, like commute? Like, did you really love the job? Okay. And some people did, some people loved their job. And, you know, they want to continue doing what they were doing before. Fantastic. But many people got that opportunity to step back and say, what is it? And Joe, here's an interesting thing. Most people never had the time to step back to think about what it is that they actually like to do. Because they went from one job to the other job to the other job just for the fun. Same, same as I started my web design company. I needed money. I need the money now. And I was like, web design, people pay for it, are gonna get it. And I'm like, I never wanted to be a web designer at the time that I started my web design company. But that was what paid the bill. With COVID, when COVID hit though, people went back home and they're like, okay, we can't do anything. Okay. So here's the thing. First is that figure out what it is that you love to do or what it is that you want to do. Not what pays the bill, but what it is that you actually want to do. And figure out your action steps to be able to rebuild your life toward that. That's the number one thing. Figure out the action steps to build your life toward the life of your dream, toward the dream, toward which one, and never ever set up for less. Now, everything you want to do, you probably need to take several baby steps to get them. Figure out your baby steps and figure out how you can generate income. And at every step that you're generating income, that income is generating toward the skills that can be used as baby steps for your dream. For example, one of the things with my web design company, it helped me to build some success stories. It helped me to give me opportunity to 
to speak with people as their marketing consultant. So I was not just a web designer. I said, I'll help you with your online marketing through your website. And that gave me success stories and case studies that all added up later on. When I became a public speaker, I was like, look at this person I work with, look at that person. Nobody originally would hire me as a marketing coach. But because of the web design and because of that success stories, I created those baby steps. And the baby steps added up to give me the tools I needed to be able to move to the next role. Okay, so COVID or no COVID, your life should continue. COVID is just part of life. And if you think COVID is gonna disappear, it's not, okay? I've been telling this for many years um, that like when a problem hits, people think the problem is gonna go away. The problem doesn't go away. We just learn ways around it. We just learn ways around it, okay? COVID is something, is the same thing. I mean, you think, for example, if the vaccines come out, COVID is gonna go away. COVID is not gonna go away, COVID is gonna be there. Some people are gonna get vaccinated. Some people are not gonna get vaccinated. People who are gonna get vaccinated are gonna blame people who didn't get vaccinated. Like why they didn't get, the other ones will blame the other one. Oh, COVID is, COVID, and even if it disappears, something else come up. Here's one thing. Are you living for your own dream regardless of what the world, like if political situation changes, should you get impacted by work towards your own dream? COVID happens, should you continue your dream or should you get impacted by it? You know? There are throwbacks, there are steps, there are things that you're like, hey, you're stepping back, right? But then at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you need to have your own dream, you need to know your own baby steps towards your dream, and you gotta make it happen. And if you have a setback because of COVID, know that things change. Things change. Joe, I always say one thing, I say, when you are an entrepreneur, even when you are in life, it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or not, entrepreneurs feel just a little bit better uh, because like they deal with other type of challenges that usually others don't. I say, sometimes, sometimes my students ask me like, Iman, when will our problems go away? And I mean, and I, and I say, you mean these ones? <laughs> Or you're all of them. <laughs> like, no, no, all the problems. I'm like, well, never. Here is why. That would be nice. <laughs> well, here's why. You always have the same number of problems. The same number of problems. But you learn how to solve the smaller problems. And they open the way for you to be your problems. They say, what do you mean? I'm like, so you think right now you have a lot of problems, right? They're like, yes. And I'm like, so you have $4,000 a month expenses and you don't know how to make your $4,000 a month. They're like, yes. I'm like, okay. So your problem is really getting a couple of customers a month, isn't it? 
They are like, yes. I'm like, okay. So you learn how to fix a couple of customers a month problem. You start making $4,000 a month, so you can pay for that, you can pay for stuff, but then now you don't have time. So you have to figure out how to fix your time problem, okay? So what do you do? You think you need to hire an employee. Well, you wanna hire an employee, but you can't do that because you barely are making money for yourself. So you gotta go get two more customers. Now you're working 60 hours, 80 hours a week to be able to hire a team member. You hire the team member, now your expenses are $7,000 a month. Now you hire the next team member, the next team member, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Now how much is your monthly expenses? $25,000 a month to keep the company afloat. But did your problems get bigger or smaller? You just learn how to fix small problems. You get stronger, but then the world gives you bigger problems. So when you ask me when, when our problems will go away, your problems will never go away. You just get stronger to not to see the smaller problems. And then you have you you're, you're dealt, you you're, you will be given bigger problems, bigger challenges. And you just get stronger for them too. COVID is just another problem. And depending on what you want to achieve, where you want to head, you need to figure out your baby steps. And really there is no one solution fits all because it's a very customized thing for every different person. But I want to tell you one thing also. I know many people got impacted very negatively through COVID, but I also want you to remember that many businesses also thrived during COVID. And sometimes people have expertise and knowledge that people, individuals can use that expertise and knowledge and they default, they by default say, Iman, it's COVID time, nobody has money. I always tell them, absolutely not. That is so wrong. That's not true. Yes, some people got hit bad by COVID, lost their income. But still, there are many, many, many people that their businesses thrived because of COVID. So just if you have an expertise that people can use, don't go by default. It's COVID time. Nobody has money just because you lost your income. Because there are many people who still thrive during this time. Okay? It's every economy. It's every economy. Some people thrive and some people get hit. Okay? That's normal. That's just the way that it is. And you can be one of those people that say everybody is hit. Just keep that in mind always. That's awesome. So for people who are thinking about starting a course, is now a good time to start it? And if so, you know, with so many good courses out there, how do you you know, breakthrough and how do you market that course? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So yes, absolutely, it's a perfect time to start courses if people want to create and launch their online course. If you have knowledge, expertise, um, that can be used by other people to, to make an impact in their lives, absolutely, doing that through online courses is one of the most amazing ways. Um, you know, many people say, you know, everybody should have an online course. I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, I think people who have knowledge, expertise, and message can. Um, I should have an online course. It makes a huge difference in their business and their life. 
And, um, and here's the thing. It doesn't matter how many courses exist after because uh, we don't have enough courses. We don't have enough expertise. We don't have enough knowledge out there that is shaped within a course. And let me tell you one thing, Joe. There are, there are some people that look at YouTube videos and they think YouTube videos are replacement for courses. They are not, okay? YouTube videos give people knowledge, but that's what they give people, okay? YouTube videos are like a book, okay? People watch them, but they don't really necessarily go take action on them. Sometimes, for example, you want to, I don't know, change a light bulb in a car or you want to, I don't know, fix something in a fridge, you watch a YouTube video and yes, you learn it. That's fine. That's totally good for a YouTube video, okay? But for example, if you want to learn how to become an entrepreneur, no matter how many YouTube videos you watch, you're not going to become an entrepreneur because of watching YouTube videos. So there are three things that make an impact in a person's life. Knowledge is one of them and knowledge is not the biggest one, but everybody goes after knowledge. What you really need or what people really need is accountability and support. Everybody knows that they need to eat less and exercise or to lose weight, yet 40% of our population is obese. Every single one of them know that they need to eat less, exercise more. Why don't, do, why don't they do this? Because they don't have support and they don't have accountability. They don't have the support and accountability, right? So that's the thing, the course, it's supposed to provide people support and accountability. YouTube videos don't provide people support and accountability. Okay. So YouTube gives people knowledge, same as a book. But here's the thing. An average book is right only 18 pages. Only 18 pages. That's how far people go with a course that is recorded. Okay. So when people say, Iman, um, there are lot, so many courses out there. Yes, there's so much knowledge out there. But there are not lots of accountability and support out there. When I create a course, create a meaningful course to give people accountability and support. And for that, you can charge very reasonable prices. Like for a course to give people support, you can charge anywhere between $500 to $2,000. For a course to give people accountability and support, you can charge upwards of $3,000, $4,000, $5,000, $10,000, $20,000. Just look at it as it's a service. It's a service packaged in a course that you're helping people to make an impact. Now, Joe, you and I don't have here, don't have time here for me to go through like all the details of this, right? Um, so uh, I'm not actually sure what our call to action at the end of this is, but people can easily go search on Amazon for, uh, for a book called Ultimate Course Formula. That's my book, that's the, that's the course creation book, that's, an, that's my course creation book. You're gonna get the Kindle version of it for a dollar and it has all the details of the step-by-step, eight-step process on how to create and launch your online course and uh, if Joel, um, if, if I don't know if Joel agrees with this or not, but then at the end, we can also give people a 90 minute uh, webinar that uh, on the webinar, I actually explain all the eight steps on what are the steps to, there are eight steps to create and launch your course. You can launch, create and launch your course in less than 60 days. And, um, and we can give people a, a webinar, give that to people as a gift. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely, I'll put that in the show notes too. So, Perfect. Awesome. yeah. Um, maybe you can just uh, 
if, you know, walk through a couple, you were talking about baby steps earlier, you know, because it seems overwhelming to create a huge or course of some sort. How, like, what are some baby steps people can do to take action right away? Absolutely. So the very first step is understanding why you want to create a course. Okay. And the answer is not making money. Sometimes people will say, oh, why do you want to create a course? Make money. Sure, yes, I mean, that, that's a byproduct of creating the course, okay? But the course is just one piece of your entire business. Creating selling courses is not your entire business. It's just one piece of your entire business. And that goes back to your business to see what type of customers you need. So there are three levels of customers. You need to understand the three levels of customers. So we have the interested group, qualified group and the committed group. The interested group are people who want to just get the knowledge. You know, have you had people contact and say, hey, Joe, I want to pick your brain, right? Mm -hmm. Those people who want to pick your brain, they're just interested people. They never want to pay for anything. They just want to pick your brain and get free advice, okay? And then we have qualified people, which are people that are willing to invest something and pay something, right? Um, and get some support. And then we have committed people who want to be emotionally, financially, time-wise invested in getting results. And so those are the committed group of people. So first thing in your business, depending on where you are, if you don't have a mailing list, you need to create a course for interested people. That means inexpensive, cheap, free courses. If you, uh, if you don't have an automated stream of income, you want money coming on a regular basis, you create a course for qualified people. And if you want to raise your prices and attract more committed clients, then you create a course for committed groups. So the three different types of courses have three different types of um, uh, skill sets and features that need to be put. So that's step one. Step one is to um, put together the structure. Step two is um, do something we call the Iman's Eight Golden Questions series. We won't have time for me to go to the details of that. But technically what it is, is you ask you find eight to 20 people in your target market, you ask them eight specific questions and you and they tell you exactly what their challenges are, what their fears are, what their frustrations are, what it is they want to learn, what their dream they look like, what they want to see in the package, how much they want to pay for it. And you ask them if they want to be one of your first students if you decided to teach the course, okay? And that helps you to build your first group of beta students. And then from there, you structure the content of the course based on your market research on step three and step four, you go and sell the course. And yes, you sell the course before creating it. And here is why. Because you never want to spend two months, three months, four months, six months creating a course if you don't know if it sells well. Okay? So to sell the course, you invite some people as beta students. That means that the first group of beta students means first group of students. You get them in the program with the first group of students, and then you start teaching one session at a time. You always teach it live, where you have live audience. Why do you teach it live? You teach it live because you want to get feedback. So you teach it, and at the end of the class, you're like, guys, how can I make this better for you? What can I add to this? And you use the customer's feedback to improve your course. And every step, you improve the course one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time, until you have an amazing course that's making an impact. At the same time, 
It gives you case studies and success stories. Okay? And while you're recording the course, every recording, you put it on a membership platform. Membership platform is a place that you secure your content and you give access to the recording of your content to your students. And now that you have your membership platform, now that you have your case studies, now that you have all of these things, then you go online and you build your sales funnel and you build your traffic toward that sales funnel, which is the step seven and eight. Okay? There's a lot more to this, but here's one. It's one step at a time. And remember this one sentence, never solve a problem you don't have. Never solve a problem you don't have. What does that mean? Sometimes people come to me and say like, Iman, how can I create a sales funnel that converts? And I'm like, have you sold your course? Like, no, but that's why I want to have a funnel. I'm like, no, you can't sell something online if you haven't sold it offline. You don't want to. Like, I mean, you can, but you don't want to. You don't want to sell something online because that takes time. Like, creating the online funnel thing takes time. But by creating the beta student package, that takes only a couple of weeks. So you want to actually follow the steps. So go back to step one and don't try to solve a problem. And then people are like, so what should I name it? Well, naming is a step three. <laughs> You're a step one. You have to figure out what type of customer you want. You want to figure out what your topic is. You want to figure out what your target market is. Okay, well, how should I structure it? That's a step four. You are on step one. So go back. Don't try to solve problems you don't have. Go to step one and just follow it one step at a time. Okay? And we're going to give you guys the steps as, as the gift as part of this. I would like to wrap it up with one last question, if I may. And that is, do you have a favorite book or a book that you like to gift often? Well, yes and yes. So there are uh, two books that I really, really like. Um, one of them is Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Um, in one part of the book, the book said, like, I actually listened to the, I, I listened to the books. So that's why I say the book says, because I listen <laughs> to the books. But, um, but the part of it says, read this book twice. Read it once and then read it again. And I would say read that book once a year. Uh, there are so much amazing information and knowledge in that book. And every time you, you read it or you listen to it like me, um, it just gives you so many amazing new ideas and suggestions that you can learn and you can implement in your life and your business. That's phenomenal. So that's number one, Success Principles by Jack Cantrell. The second book that I highly recommend to people is a book called The Power of Full Engagement by Tony Schwartz. That book has a very simple concept. Okay? And the concept is how your entire performance is dependent of how engaged you are in that performance. Okay? And how you are, how everything you do, uh, whether you are working, it's important that you are work, you're working 100%. And when you are resting, you are resting 100%. And if you are taking time with your family, 
you're taking time with the family 100%. And Joe, when I learned that, my entire energy flow, my entire performance, the performance of my team, because I also got my team to read, like the entire thing changed. So one of the things I did, I stopped checking my phone while on vacation. I totally like put my phone aside. I don't even know where it is. Like when I'm off, I'm completely off. When I go have lunch or dinner, I'm just completely just enjoying the food and I'm just there having that meal and not worried about the phone, not worried about TV, not worried about other things. Sometimes I eat while I'm watching something, right? But many times, when I feel like I'm a little bit stressed or I'm a little bit like too much running, 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 I just shut down everything. I just put the food in front of me, just enjoy every bite. And the whole dynamic of your body, of your mind, of like everything changes. When you are 100% fully engaged with every activity that you do. No? So, this is one of the biggest things I want to say, like the power of full engagement, definitely amazing book, made huge, huge difference in my life and, and the life of my team and, um, and the success principles by Jack Hanley. Amen. Thank you so much for being on the show. Can you tell us a little bit more about your book and where people can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So for the webinar, um, that we talked earlier today. Obviously, Joel is going to put the link for you guys in the show notes. So go uh, below the show notes and find the, find the link to the webinar. I highly recommend to you to go attend that webinar. It's an automated webinar. It happens every day at 11 a.m. So if you go to it today, it shows you a webinar tomorrow. It's very engaging, but the reason we make it automated is so you dedicate the time to show up live and you watch it. If you can, if you sign up for it, you get the recording of it the, the day after the webinar. So I highly recommend. That also puts you on our list, and you can respond to that. That goes to one of supporting. They can send it to me if you want to connect with me directly. And you can also go to Amazon and buy Ultimate Course Formula. Uh, it's a Kindle book at the time that Joel and I are talking, just 99 cents. Um, so um, you can just get the Kindle or get the physical book, book of it and um, just that teaches you how to create and launch your course. Awesome, thank you so much, man. Absolutely, thanks for having me, Joel. Thank you for listening to Publishing for Profit. Please like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.